1: You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic, with me, Michael Fee, and as always, my co-host Ben Aiton, and again, we're joined by James from the Watford Way as well. Ben, we'll come to you first. How's your weekend been?
2: Good morning, mate. Yeah, it's been all right, a bit chilly. Um, It's absolutely freezing cold, isn't it? Never mind. Um, (laughs) Frost everywhere. Very misty as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, mate. I'm trying to do a bit more fitness at the moment because I've recently yeah. been furloughed, furloughed again like many other people in the country. So just trying to keep myself busy. And I think I've probably walked about 10 miles just in the last four or five days. So um, yeah, looking to keep my mind active
0: and stay busy. But yeah, all good my end, mate. How are you? Good stuff. Yeah, no, I've been seeing you've been doing your walking and as you say, that's that's the only thing you can do to keep yourself sane in these this times at the moment, but hopefully I'm, uh, I'm going to get my arse into gear and start doing a bit of walking and running again. So I think I'm going to do another charity run later on in the year, I think, just to, so I can give myself a kick up the backside. But other than that, I'm all good. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, I was doing a bit of garden work yesterday in this weather. I'm uh, mad in it. Uh, but other than that, uh, there's not much else you can do, is there? I am... I had uh, quite a few beverages, shall we say, watching the game last night. So uh, I felt a little bit delicate when I woke up this morning, but hey-ho. Um, and yeah, I did say that we, we joined again by James. James, this is becoming a, quite a regular thing. How, how's, your, how's your weekend been, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Nothing really
1: major to report, obviously. There's not really much to do apart from watching the football. So um, So yeah, I've just had a weekend of watching... Um, FA Cup third round games, basically, which has not, not been too bad for a weekend, really. So, yeah, not bad at all. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been weird, isn't it? You know, we we obviously, with the FA Cup, it's, I, I think, the best sort of domestic cup in the world. And it's a bit sad to see that, A, there's no fans, and then, B, some teams having to put out their under-23s and under-18s. So, like, look at Aston Villa on Friday night and, you know, I must take my hat off and say, absolutely superb job done by their under-23s slash under-18s against Liverpool. Uh, Derby, under-23s, got knocked out by Shirley. Um I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be possibly more down the line as well. So Well, we've got Marine Tottenham today. Yes, I cannot wait for that as we record Marine Tottenham. Uh, they've sold 10,000 virtual tickets, which is the most tickets they've ever sold. Uh, That's brilliant. It, on, it is brilliant. I mentioned it on last week's show because I had a big sponsor pull out, which Jamie Carragher is now, his foundation is now sponsoring the match. Um, and they've obviously pledged funds. They've, they've said, you know, if you can spare £10, ticket goes. the money goes towards the club. Uh, I myself bought a ticket and... They're going to have a, a board permanently now at the grounds with all the ticket holders' names on it. So, uh, yeah. But the, the one bit of sad news, and I'll just touch on this quickly, because this is <laughs> meant to be talking about Watford Man U, but to keep it within the FA Cup, I did read a bit of sad news where um, Marine have basically said, if they don't beat Tottenham, then they'll have to furlough their players, which I think is an awful shame. Uh, it's a big ask, as it is with Tottenham, but I suppose... It's the magic of the FA Cup, so anything can happen. So, fingers crossed on that one. Well, let's talk about our FA Cup game. So, Manchester United, when, when we picked out the hat, we were all thinking, oh, God, uh, Man U started to pick up momentum at the wrong time, to be honest, because I think when the draw was made, I think Man United was sort of lingering mid-table and they weren't really sort of pulling up any trees. And then, as the weeks got closer and closer to the game, Manchester United, if they beat Burnley on Tuesday, I think it is, they go top of the league. So they, they've sort of picked up momentum at their own time. But we obviously have our own worries as well and sort of problems. Watford Twitter still being a horrible, horrible place to be these last few weeks. But uh, hopefully after last night's performance, it will start to pick up. Just before we go into the team news, the media team at Watford's put out a little statement just on some injury fronts, because uh, obviously we've got a lot of injuries. So Craig Kafkarch returned to full training. That's what we've learned from this piece of information. Quinna has started to run outside in the last week, which is great. And then Isaac Success and stop Perica are both still a few weeks away from returning to full training. And Christian Cabaselli has missed the last two games with a knee problem. Uh, it's, continued, it's continuing to be monitored, but an imminent return is not to be expected for him. Uh, now, usually I would say that a little bit of a worry, but one man we're going to talk about is uh, more than filling the role at the moment. So, let's run you through that team that started at Old Trafford yesterday. We, we thought there'd be changes, but then others sort of thought, well, we've got another week till the next league game, so it might be a little bit strong. So, it was Backman in goal, Navarro, Sierra Elta, Trooster Kong, Messina, Saar Chalabahews, Hughes, Zink and Argel. And João Pedro and Andre Gray, uh, and then on the bench it was Foster, which I was surprised it wasn't Parks, but uh, Foster and Gacchia, Wilmot, Semer, Dolby, Barrett, Hungbo, Critchlow and Phillips. Um, ben, I'm coming to you first on this. Did you expect there to him to be ringing the changes, or did you think, well, we've got Huddersfield on another week away, we we might as well put out strongest team and give it a go? What what were your thoughts? before the team news come out and then what were your thoughts when the team news come out
2: uh, before the team news came out I was expecting him to ring the changes um, until you messaged me halfway through the day and you made me realise that it's a week until we actually played Huddersfield so I thought mm-hmm. if we was maybe playing midweek um, he would have run the changes because it only would have been a few days for everyone to recover but because it, it was like seven days until our next league game I think we could afford playing some players tonight um, when I saw the team news, I, I, I thought it was, it was actually quite exciting. It was quite attacking. I quite liked the look of it. Um, well, bar Andre Gray up front, but apart from that, um, attacking wise, it looked quite exciting. And um, it was good to see Hughesy and Pedro returning. Um, it just excited me, seeing Hughes, Sars, Zinconig, Pedro, all in the starting lineup. all players that looked to get the ball forward, and no sideward passing. Um, well, probably one of our best attacking line-ups of the season. Um, yeah. It was a shame to see Wilmot miss out, uh, but he probably needed a bit of a rest, and Econ
0: needed minutes after his injury, didn't he? Absolutely. I, I think you're spot on when you say that, Ben. Uh, James, did, did you have any different thoughts? Obviously, Huddersfield a week away from when the game was played, so to put out a strong side, probably not that sort of surprising. But were you surprised with any of those selections at all?
1: No, not really. I think, as you say, with Huddersfield um, a week away, as you say, if we played midweek, then obviously I'd expect um, possibly some more changes. But no, not really surprised um, with that team selection, especially with the players that we've got available. And as you say, you just reeled off some of the the injuries that we've got at the moment. And um, we have got quite a, a long list of, of probably players who, who who you'd expect to feature in the first team inched out at the moment, the lights of Parisa, um, Capicelle, Domingos Kina. So um so yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that. And actually the, the front two are Jal Pedro and Andre Gray, um, I was quite
0: excited to see actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we talk about Andre Gray and Troy Deeney of late, haven't been really at races, shall we say <laughs> uh, so maybe a, a change of Pedro and Gray. And then obviously the, the excitement of Zink and Argel coming into the squad as well could have proved different. So, um, Just a quick one, gents. I'm putting two and two together here. I'm probably coming out with seven. But there was a notable name on the team sheet that was missing each January. West Brom have just got a new manager, Sam Allardyce. Am I looking far too far into it to reckon, Ben? But could Troy Dealy possibly be after West Brom? Or do you think he was just rested completely?
2: Um, I think he's probably just rested completely. I think um, BT Sport mentioned that he's possibly got a bit of a a knee issue. Um, So it's probably why he was missing from a game. But from an outsider looking in, no Troy Deeney. West Brom are struggling at the bottom of the table. They've just sent Charlie Austin out on loan to QPR. Are they looking for another big man up top? It could be Troy Deeney, who knows?
0: Yeah, wasn't best plays about that scoring, because QPR got Austin back, and then looks like Glenn Murray's going there, and that's pretty decent. <laughs> Strike partnership for the Championship, so fingers crossed it doesn't work out for him at QPR. Um, but yeah, that that was a team, obviously, very attacking intent, and I was sort of, I, I, I said before the game, like when we put our tweet out, saying, how's everyone feeling for the game, and score predictions, I know I put 3-0 Man United, but I was just hoping that we were just going to like not get walloped and just show a bit of fight and just a bit of t- attacking intention and as we're about to discuss I thought we actually saw that um, obviously it wasn't the best start uh, we got undone by a set piece <laughs> which is very Watford-esque McTominay he, he got the head out. I don't think any keeper's stopping it are they then but I think it, it, it was still frustrating to see us concede from a set piece because we've got some big players in that squad we can't do it We can't attack or defend set-pieces. And you'd think that we'd sort of really work on them now and a head coach would pick it up. But it was disappointing to be outdone by a set-piece, wasn't it, so early on then? Yeah, it's
2: frustrating, isn't it? I thought Man United started really quickly yesterday and kind of caught us a bit off guard. I thought Daniel James was a bit of a live wire and he was causing Navarro problems and that's where the corner came from. Um, he was running at Navarro, cutting in onto his right foot, got a shot away and Batman made a good save but tipped it over. But yeah, like you say, from a resulting corner, it's the same issue with Watford. We can't defend set pieces. Um, the, the ball comes into a box. I think Mattomaly loses his man, which was Econ, gets away from him a bit too easily. And then, yeah, he had, pretty much had a free header and bounces it. You know, I think we've seen it before this season. When you head the ball down to the ground and it bounces up, it's hard for the keeper to judge it, isn't it? And it, yeah. it just went over back, Backman into the top corner. So, yeah, I don't think any keeper would be saving that.
0: No, and look, you know, I'm sure... We'll discuss it at some stage, but I thought Backman's overall game yesterday was absolutely superb. He just looked... I know we haven't seen him much. I think he made his Watford debut against Tranmere in the Cup last season. And, you know, the less said about that, the better. But I think he just looks a more confident player uh, when we've seen him the three times we've seen him this season. Or is he... Yeah... It's three times. That was the third time, wasn't it? So he, he, it looks like yeah. his loan spell at Kilmar did him the world of goods because he got them, he helped them secure um, European football, I think. But I, I, I thought his overall game was brilliant yesterday. And as you mentioned, obviously, Truus de Kung, I think, was the man that was marking McTominay. You can perhaps understand if he's been a little bit rusty. It's his first game back in what? Three or four games, is it? Or maybe not that many, but it's his first game back. So. Yeah, it's annoying to be outdone by a set-piece, but Trooster Kong's not been playing as as regularly. So, yeah. But, James, I suppose to try and twist the positive round here, but with them scoring so early on, it at least then give us 85 minutes to to get back into the game. And, my God, did we have a bloody good go at it as soon as they scored. Yeah, exactly. I think that that first
1: 15 to 20 minutes or so, um, we were... I'd say, largely dominated by them. I think the possession stats were 75% um, in their favour. So we really were getting um, heavily dominated, especially in, in the midfield areas. We were getting completely bypassed, really, really in them areas. But, um, but as you say, as soon as they scored, we really... Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what happened. I, I just kinda, we obviously just had to have a go at it, didn't we, ultimately? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I think especially um, our set pieces and, and Zink
0: and Arco's delivery, we, we really exploited that, actually. Yeah, yeah, we did, and like you say, the first half stats don't make for good reading. But we 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 did give it a good go. Which Ben, you know, we said before, we said it last week. We, every Watford fan has said it. We just want to see performances where we give it a go, because I think and listen, not to drag him back into things, but I think under Rivich, that would have been a very very different game. But the first half stats themselves, as James has alluded to, I think it was. 70 or 75% possession to Manchester United, but goal attempts, Manu had 13 and we had 11. So, albeit only one of them was on target for us, but it's just the attacking intent showed. And that's what we want to see being brought into league games, isn't it, Ben?
2: It is. It's, it's what we've we've needed and what we've wanted for a while. And I think it's possibly down to the addition of uh, Eagle. I think he, he mm. thought he had a really good positive debut yesterday. Um, he created the first chance for us yesterday uh, with his free kick from the side of the pitch. It floated into the box. Gray got the flick on, and fell to Messina, and Messina probably maybe should have done a bit better there. Hit it straight at yeah. the keeper, and then it was cleared off the line. Um, but yeah, he looks a white a, a live wire. He looks. He looks very quick. He's got lots of good touches. I, I was really impressed with him. The only maybe negative I'd say about his performance, but it's not down to him. It's later on we'll probably touch upon it. It was the double substitutions. Double substitutions. So I would have liked him and Semer to swap sides so he could actually see what he could do on the right hand side. But yeah, most of our chances came through him yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And James, you know, we've we've spoke about this before, but how influential do you think? Listen. Uh, People might say this he's only played one game, but how influential do you think that Zincan is gonna be with this team? And and as Ben alluded to the other week, sort of linking that midfield to the to the strikers, which has been a real issue for us so far.
1: Yeah, as you say, you say you say it's only one game, but it was quite clear um to me watching the game, and I'm sure to everyone listening as well, that he was pretty much, I would say, um, the best player on our team throughout the game and um, I'm trying to think who he reminds me of really like he's got a little bit of Almanabdi about him but but he's not quite the same and I'm just trying to mm. think of what former, what place he kind of reminds me of but but I can tell the little flicks he does little passes into feet is a, a really 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 top quality player and as you say I think that's exactly what we needed um, someone to link the midfield to the attack and and as Ben also alluded to um, I would have liked to have seen him on the right as well, because that's where, at his former club, he, he was the most productive. And um, and hopefully in the coming games, um, we'll get to see that.
0: Yeah, I oh, really, really hope so. And, you know, an, another thing which was sort of refreshing to see was, it, it had been made clear to me, I, I, I listened to from the Rookerians podcast last week, and they had a someone from a Scandinavian podcast podcast um, And he was on talking about Zinconagel. And one thing I didn't know until I'd listened to that was that Zinconagel's club, Bodo Glint play on an artificial pitch. So, obviously, to go from an artificial pitch to playing on some of the pitches that he will play on in the Championship, uh, you know, I personally, and this might be biased, but I think we've probably got one of the best pitch surfaces in the league. But, I mean there's no better place to make your debut on a nice pitch like Old Trafford. So hopefully he can adapt to having to play on, on grass. So but it it was a delight to see him, as you say. A little bit disappointed to to see him not switch over to the other side, but uh, we'll talk about the substitutions in a little bit. I, I think he perhaps had one eye on another thing. But it was, um, yeah, so as I said, from their first goal, with it being so early on, it did give us an opportunity to sort of have a real go at it and, and make sure that we, we showed United that we weren't just going to sort of roll over and have our tummy scratched. So we we did just that. Went into the break, obviously, one nil down. Um, Maguire had to come on for Bowie, which personally I, I was delighted about because I think is a much better defender than Harry Maguire and Maguire's perhaps not the best, but we didn't, unfortunately, exploit that. Um, going into the second half, the substitutions that happened, so we had Jeremy Ngakia coming on for Messina and Ken Semmer coming on for Ismail Assar. Do you think then that he perhaps has one around the league with those substitutions or is he just trying to get everybody going to Because some of the substitutions that he made altogether were a little bit strange I thought, but then if you think about it, we have got a league game coming up next weekend. Yeah, you've got to put the FA Cup out of your mind really, you, you, there's one
2: priority this season and that's the league isn't it Um, so you, you can you can understand the substitutions from that point of view you can't afford Sar to get injured, we need him for the league, um, so I can see why he was taken off, and plus I think Sar's played every single minute since his return since the start of the season, so yeah, he kind of needed that little bit of rest, and then for Messina, it was his first start of the season you don't want him picking up a little knock either, so yeah, I could understand both those substitutions, um, the only Thing I would maybe say is I maybe would have put Navarro over on the left and put Ingaia on the right because he I, I still don't think he looks comfortable on the left hand
0: side. Who um, Navarro? Ingaia. Uh, oh, Ingaia. Yeah, yeah. No, that that did that sort of puzzled me a little bit. As you say, he's played at left back before this season and it's just not worked out for him. So whether I, I, I don't know about that substitution. It, it did baffle me a little bit. James, were, were you surprised at the, the substitutions uh, so early on as well? obviously Ben's alluded to Messina's not really played, so you can understand why he's done that and so, so could you understand why they were so early on but or would you have made any different subs for the first two subs to come on? That's a little I was a little bit surprised, but the um the commentator for BT
1: Sport actually um actually pointed out that that Ken Semmer was Basically warming up at half time, ready to come on, and and at, at half time, Ken Summer um, received instruction from Zisco, and and he, he didn't come on for another twenty minutes. So, so to me, it looked like it looked more of a pre-planned substitution rather than a tactical substitution. And as you say, I think that's that's more um, because we're obviously focusing on on the championship and getting back back promoted to the Premier League. So, so obviously, you want to protect um, you want to protect your best players, don't you? And and Messina and Sarah are you know. They they do start when they're fit usually for us. So so I think it was more of a pre planned substitution rather than
0: rather than a tactical one. Absolutely. We did see Ben Wilmot come on later on in the game, but I just want to talk about Ben, how bloody good has Sierra Elsa been this season when he's called upon? Yeah, he's not played much this season, but when called upon, I think he's been
2: outstanding. I think once again yesterday, put in another brilliant performance. What I love about him is he just throws his body in front of absolutely anything. He doesn't care if he gets hit in like the knackers or anything. Um, Mm. He won every single header in the air. He's composed on the ball. He can pick a pass too. It's just another good performance for him. and He's gone from uh, fifth choice centre-back
0: to probably our best centre-back at the club. Yeah. Yeah, and do you know what? That's a big statement to make, but I, I think you're possibly along the right lines there, um, Wilmot's been a little bit unlucky this season where he's had to play sort of out of position, but he's adapted to it. But I think Sierra Elta, he's, what he's done is, what he's had to do He's come in when he can, because obviously he wasn't first choice. We've had to bring him in because of injuries and other stuff. And he said to the manager, right, I don't get many opportunities this is my chance, and he's taking it
1: with both hands, hasn't he, James? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um,
0: he's
1: is a breath of fresh air, really. I think he's got a decent bit of pace on him, um, and yeah, it just it's just I think I think him and Trooste-Kong especially, um, you know, we've had we've had many a centre back partnership this season just due to injury and player availability. But I think him and Kong, um in the championship, I mean, I, I can't really put. A, um, put a foot wrong with them, really. I mean, I'm really, really happy with with how he's been performing. And yeah, at the moment, there's no reason to to change him
0: out for anyone at all. Yeah, absolutely. And um, another man who had a brilliant game yesterday, uh, he, he wasn't called upon much uh, in the second half, but Dan Backman, I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, you know, we, we've touched on it before when he's played in the Cup. Um, a lot of people, though, we we were sitting here, I think, was it the other week, discussing... About Batman. Now that you've seen yeah. him play, James, would you pick Batman over Foster in the league? Because we, we asked that question last week, and maybe views have changed.
1: Yeah, I know. Me and Ben had a little bit of a disagreement about that. New rivalries know what, here, or?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> after after watching um, Dan Batman last night. I, I would actually give him a run out in the league. I think you know he's been here for a few years now. I can't remember exactly when he joined, but he's got a, he's got to have been here for at least three or four years now. Dan Batman, and um, yeah. you know what? He didn't really put a foot wrong. I, I, when watching that first goal go in, I kind of thought initially he might have been at fault for it, but <sighs> but on watching cool the replay, jokes. um, I'm watching the replay, Mike. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was right into the top corner, and um, yeah, he look, he. he, he he wasn't at fault for that first goal at all And um, look I also thought he was quite vocal as well um, yeah. Commanded his back line as, as we've seen Ben do And um, yeah You know what Maybe for Huddersfield I would go with Dan Batman. I, I suppose I
2: have changed my mind now Ben? That, that's a breath of fresh air That James has actually agreed with me um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's music to my ears But yeah, I, I totally agree with him I, I think Batman did brilliant last night um, was, mm-hmm. Like you say, he commanded his box really well I thought maybe heads would drop Not jump from Batman Like everyone in the team After we conceded in three minutes But I thought everyone responded really well And Batman made some really important saves last night To keep us in the game um, He took his opportunity really well Playing against a really good side And yeah, he, deser- he definitely deserves the league opportunity um, I don't know whether a Cisco would be brave enough to put him in against Huddersfield because be call, Sis- yeah, Cisco is new to Watford isn't he so he's only really seen Foster make that mistake against um, Swansea he's not really seen all the other mistakes he's done for the rest of the season but who, who knows I think Foster will probably get the number one jersey again this weekend but if, if he does make another mistake I, I definitely want Dan Batman in the side because I think he's more than capable to be our number one in the championship
0: Bit of a touchy subject there, but that would mean that we don't get to see the cycling GK anymore. <laughs> He's made <a> up <laughs> what for Twitter this week, shall we say? Um, you know what? He does look a bit got, more
1: composed on the ball for me, um, Batman, as well. I, I just think his yeah. overall... I think Ben sometimes... Um, and, we, and we've seen it lead to mistakes for goals, where he, where he rushes goal kicks and it, and it ends up going to, to an opposition player and they, and they end up scoring from it. And I just thought his overall composure... Um, on on the ball as well, especially when distributing, it was was really really good as well.
0: Definitely, he looks more
1: comfortable with his ball at his feet, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really really does, and I think that's something that 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 will benefit this team, especially with the players we've got who who like to have the ball to feet and, and, and run at people. So so yeah, I'm really, as you say, Ben, you kind of, you kind of changed my mind now on Dan Backman. I definitely want to see him at least get um, a game against Huddersfield, and and we'll see how it goes from there. Well,
0: uh, do you know what? I, I am a little bit gutted that we won't be seeing any GoPro footage from, uh, from this weekend's game. I, I do love seeing the on-the-scenes stuff. We're obviously not going to talk about our opinions on it because I think enough has been said on the matter on, uh, on social media, but uh, I'm a little bit you gutted know, because it, it, it would have been good to see, I think. Yeah,
2: but You know what? I, I still think there will be footage. I think Foster's still going to do his pre match. Yeah, I, I still think he's going to do the whole like, the hotel, the hotel his, his week of the lead up to the game. And then I would be surprised if you actually see the GoPro on the bench. Yeah, that's
0: true because it, it gives a different angle. Like I said at the start, yeah. I, I was very surprised that he was sub goalkeeper because Adam Parks has been on the bench this season, unless he's contracted COVID. I, I was very surprised that Fozzie got, got a spot on the bench. I, I, I would have put my house on
2: the uh, parks. It's a massive call to put a young keeper on the bench show. We've seen it for the likes of... Remember that game where we was, we was looking to get promoted against Leeds at home? We oh, had a terrible don't. injury of our... Was it Almunia got injured? Was the, Almunia got injured keep, in the warm-up.
0: Jonathan yeah, and then,
2: started uh, the game. Yeah, and then we had... Um, Jack Bonham. Jack Bonham came on off the bench and it, he didn't really... Um, he did himself
0: any favours that game, didn't well, he, sir? <laughs> he was told two days before that match that we weren't going to renew his contract and therefore he was going to be a free agent. So, rightly, his head was not in it. And it was just a freak day with a freak... So, Troy got sent off that game as well. Um, and, yeah, Dominic Polian is still a um, an idiot, I'll say. I was going to swear <laughs> <that> really badly. <laughs> Had to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's um, yeah that that was a that was a horrible horrible day. Anyway, moving on from that horrific day against Leeds, I don't know why you brought that up, Ben. Uh, really, really bad memories. I want to skip ahead a uh, couple of moments in the game. Uh, mention a couple of key players. Obviously, we've we've pointed out Backman. We've pointed out Sierra Elta, uh, Another man who deserves a mention for how well he did. He got his first start in God knows how long. Will Hughes, how good is it to see him back, Ben? And secondly, how good was
2: it? It's it's magnificent to see him back. I can't believe that's been his first start of the season since what? Since Arsenal away last season, um, got relegated. I did not know that. Yeah, I can't believe that. Um, he had a little operation at the end of the season, didn't he? And then it's just yeah. taken him ages to come back, and then he's had little setbacks as well. But. You can tell the difference um, with Fusey in the midfield. He was running around, breaking up play. And when whenever he gets a ball, this is what I like about Fusi. He always looks forward. He, there's always a bit yeah. of urgency when he's got the ball. Always forward passes, and that's what I love about him. And you can tell with him back in the side as well, with his leadership as well. And I thought he actually made uh, Chalaba play better yesterday with him alongside him as well. unfortunate um, that Chalaba went off with a hamstring injury, uh, but yeah, it's it's great to see Fusi back.
0: Yeah, something you said there, Ben, obviously, whenever he gets the ball, he looks to pass it forward. You said that when he come on against, I think it was Cardiff, when we had fans in. I I don't know, is that the game you were at? Or was that the game you were at, James?
1: Uh, No, I was at at Brentford.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: And I was at Rotherham.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've got that completely wrong. Brilliant. (laughs) Well done, Mike. Um, um, You did say, though, when we were talking about the Cardiff game, when he come on, he just looks to get the ball forward at every opportunity. Uh, I think that maybe with about... I don't know how serious the hamstring injury is, but that could perhaps maybe push Jimmy Garner back in the squad. And there's been a lot said about him on Twitter these last few days because I've obviously played Man United. Um, I, my brother has messaged me whilst recording this morning saying that James Garner's dad is not a happy man. I can only assume at the lack of game time at Watford. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said in his press conference that he's been doing really well at Watford. Um, so I'm.
1: <laughs> well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's deluded then, isn't he?
0: Well, yeah, but I was sat here the other week defending Jimmy Garner. Um, so, yeah, I, obviously it's not worked out for him at Watford, but I, I was a bit sort of baffled when Solskjaer said that, to be honest. But maybe I if think he means... injuries that bad, he, he might get a few. More, Get a few starts. Sorry, Ben.
2: Yeah. I think, I think the Oligon, so actually i just looking at the stats and seeing how many games he's played and how many minutes he's performed and not actually looking at the performances that he's actually put in the season. Um, well... I, I, I still I still sit by what I said a few weeks back. I feel like James Garner is, he, a club like Watford is too big of a move for him so far. He should have maybe had a, a league once line spell before he's
0: actually gone on to the Championship <laughs> because I do think he's a bit out of his depth at signs You know, you, you saying that reminds me, I was looking through Twitter yesterday um, at like, the comments of when uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer had said that, a load of Watford fans, because I think it was a Man United fan page that had reported it, and a load of Watford fans were in the comments saying, well, they are clearly not seen him play, and you just saying that he should have had a League 1 spell <laughs> a Manchester United fan I, I assume he was because he had a United player in his uh, Twitter picture but he said I don't think League One would have been good because League One is too similar to the Prem and I, mate I I died laughing <laughs> League One is too similar to the Prem according to this guy on Twitter I wish I found his name I'd have given him a bloody good shout out for that and he could have all jumped over to his page and dropped that tweet alike. But, yeah, no, League One's too, too much like the Prem, then. That's why that's why they're sent into the Championship, mate. Um, oh, it makes sense now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I bet you wish you'd read the tweet before, uh, before opening your mouth, eh, Ben? Um, well, well, I wish I'd watched more League One football to understand it is the same <laughs> level as the Prem. Well, this is it. It baffles me that there's no... Any
2: I'm glad we sent. On the TV. I'm glad we sent um, Ryan Cassidy out online to a League One standard, Premier League standard class. Yeah, after. absolutely. I'm glad. You know, that's he's, going to, I'm only going to work wonders for him.
0: It is. He's going to come back and bag a hundred goals in the Premier League next year when we get promoted. So yeah, yeah very interesting viewpoint from Manchester United fan yesterday. Thought oh, yeah, I've got to bring that up. Uh, and then another man who deserves a very very big mention as well. Uh, albeit he only come on, I think he came on the 76 minute he did, so he had about 10 minutes or so uh, plus extra time. Joseph, Joseph Hungbo, he's been out on loan at Aldershot, who are conference uh, Prem. I don't, I don't know if they might be conference South, but they're definitely in the conference. He come in, uh, James, and uh, he, he, he was a real live wire, wasn't he? You know what? I thought he was absolutely
1: fantastic. For the brief amount of time that he was on the pitch, he was mm-hmm. so, so direct in his play. I thought that really he, he looked like one of our players who'd been playing in the first team for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure we saw him last season against Tranmere and I think he actually scored um, He scored a goal in that second
0: leg, didn't he? No, um, that was, um, was Caitlin Hines. That's, oh, that's Caitlin Hines. Yeah, he scored from a corner thing. that game, that's why I remember it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Joseph Hangbo, I thought, he, I thought he was excellent. And um, I definitely want to see him get some more game time off the
0: bench um, well, in the Championship, definitely. That was going to be my question to you. So you've answered that. Ben, do you think that his performance has maybe given him a leg to stand on and maybe seen in the, 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 the league sometime this season?
2: Yeah, why not at all? He grabbed his opportunity yesterday. Sometimes maybe some youngsters would uh, shy away from an opportunity um, or shy away from the occasion of playing at Old Trafford against these big name players but he, he, he grabbed it with both fans and, and took the opportunity and yeah he was fantastic and very positive on the ball wouldn't mind seeing him feature off the bench more for the rest of the season so yeah I'll I would, I would put him especially when we're allowed five substitutions now but who knows yeah. if if we're have if we if we're ever lucky enough to get to a position where we're a 3-1 for a game we could throw him on yeah. or something but we actually need to get to that stage first don't we? Yeah I
0: was going to say that that, that doesn't very, that doesn't happen very often in a Watford Watford world, but yeah, no. On, on the whole, obviously, we saw Dan Phillips come on, but that, he had like six minutes to uh, to sort of do stuff with, and you're never going to shine in six minutes. Uh, so I would quite like to see Dan Phillips. I said at the start of the season, I would quite like to see him play uh, play more because I, I I do like him, but or. Uh, at best, maybe ship him out on loan somewhere because I think he's good enough to to be playing first-team regular football. Um, so in the football league as well. Um, so yeah, to, to to sum up the performance then, goal, obviously one nil away at Manchester United. The scoreline suggests that it, it it was not the drubbing we were expecting. I think we can come out of that game with our heads held high. Ben going into Huddersfield, obviously a strongish side. I can't imagine there'd be too many changes from that side, other than the obvious. Uh, or maybe Backman will stay, and obviously you guys have, have backed him to do so. But I can't imagine there'll be too many changes. But that's only going to work in our favour, isn't it, then going into the Huddersfield game, coming off the back of a, a performance like that at Old Trafford. And may I say as well, it wasn't as weak a Man United side as I thought it was going to be. When only Gunnar Solskjaer said, I'm going to be playing players that perhaps could go out on loan, I wasn't expecting the lots of... McTominay, uh, Van den Beek, uh, Boye, Mata, Greenwood. I wasn't expecting them like uh, Tellers as well to be playing. So to to perform to put in a performance against a decently strength Man United side was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we can be proud of ourselves with
2: our performance we put in last night. It was a, a pretty decent display, far um, the first fifteen minutes. Um, it was against a strong Manchester United side, which you touched upon. Um, but yeah, it's just Kind of left me with a sense of what might have been if we had a bit more creativity or an actual striker who can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but going into the game, I didn't really give myself any hope at all. I just wanted to see a performance, like you said, at the start of the show, and um, that was probably our, our best away performance of the season that we put in at Old Trafford last night, and we can carry that into the games the rest of the away games for the rest of the season I think we might be alright and we might actually sort of solidate a playoff spot and maybe chase promotion but yeah it's definitely going to give us confidence there's lots of positives that we've picked up out of this game um, and we can take into a Huddersfield game and look it's it's seven days away now um, um, we can probably give the boys a couple of days rest and then back on the training field. And yeah, we, we go and attack Huddersfield next
0: Saturday. Yeah, we, we, we've, got, we've got revenge with Huddersfield. He's personal with Huddersfield now. I um, we, we feel a bit disrespectful saying this, but we shouldn't really be losing to Huddersfield away. So we're, we're, um, we want revenge for that 2-0 defeat. James, when you look at that squad that started against Manchester United yesterday, would you make many changes to it going into the Huddersfield game? Forget the bench, by the way, because obviously there's a few academy lads on there. But would you would you make any any big changes at all? Or?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I think the main call for me, as we discussed earlier, is is the Ben Foster Daniel Batman situation. Whether whether Dan Batman gets another run out, obviously yeah, um, I mean, we've got. A... <laughs> obviously, we've got a. Um... We've got a few injuries in the in the squad at the moment. I was also a bit surprised, by the way, um, to see Tom Cleverley not feature at all, considering that yeah. he, did, he did the it pre-match the media, press conference. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I didn't that until you've just said it.
0: I wonder what's going on there, then. Do
1: yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, but obviously, they said Troy was out with his little knee niggle. That is out for God knows how long. Cleverley didn't feature. Um, you know, maybe Cleverley comes back in for Hughes as Hughes has then just come back from injury. Who comes
0: um, in for
1: Chalaber but... though? Pardon? Who comes in for Chalaber though? Because if... if he's a bad... Oh, man, of course, sure... of course. I completely forgot about him. Well, yeah, I suppose he'd come in for Chalaber then because, um, obviously, he went off with his hamstring injury. So, I suppose Cleverley would come back in for him if he's fit. Obviously, we don't know what's really happened with him yet. But, um, yeah, but yeah I w- apart from Dan Batman, Ben Foster, I wouldn't really... I thought attacking-wise, we look much more threatening in that game than we have in many championship games this season. So, so yeah. I, I was really... I thought it was a good performance. That, And we just really, the only problem was we didn't create a clear-cut chance for us to put away. But apart from that, I was yeah. pretty much
0: happy with it. Yeah, well, you know, we, we show that fine determination going into the Huddersfield game. And, you know, we're at home. We've got the best home record in the division. Um, hopefully we can pick up three points and then momentum keeps going and we can pick up some more points because we've got some winnable games coming up as well. So we, we really need to get stuck in now and, and try and win as many points as possible because, you know, as obvious as it sounds, that, that gap, we don't want it getting any bigger than it currently is. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting few weeks, let's put it that way. But in terms of the, the game itself, obviously, uh, as we've just touched on, one nil. you'd have took that before the game, I think. And I think a few Watford fans will be happy with the performance as well. A, a special mention as well to BT for putting Nigel Pearson on. Um, I, I thought he spoke very, very highly of the club. And it was great to see him, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, great to see him. It was good to see um, he's doing well as well. Um, good to see
2: him back in in football. It was just TV punditry this time. But yeah, you... You have to agree with some of the things he was saying yesterday. I think, I think the pozos have had some success in the terms of their strategy. Um, but I think I have to say, I think at some point, for the staff and the players in particular, that they'll need some sort of consistency. Um, I think the revolving door, if you like, is not necessarily good for trying to create a build and build a positive culture um, because the players, when they go through a bad time, just expect another change and that's from the words of Nigel Pearson and you've got to kind of agree with him there I think when things do go bad I think players down tools a little bit and I think well we'll have a new manager next 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 week and we might have a new bounce and let's see what happens with that
0: yeah absolutely and I I, I thought it was very professional of him to, to speak like that as well because you could have sort of forgiven him if he was very angry. And obviously we still don't know the full ins and outs of what actually happened with his sacking. But uh, James, do you agree with that? You're good to see Nondra Pearson yesterday. Looking, looking very well as well, because obviously I think he, he contracted COVID um, in the summer, I think it was. I'm not really sure when it was, but it was good to see him on the TV again, wasn't it, James? Yeah, absolutely. And um, as, as you say, I
1: think he's been suffering, suffering from a few, a few health issues um, during his time at Watford and after he got sacked, so so really good to see him see him back on our screens and um, and yeah, he definitely deserves another go at management, whether it be in the Premier League or in the Championship. And um, and yeah, when he was actually sacked originally, I was really really disappointed to see him leave because personally, I thought even if we got relegated, I, I would have kept him just because of what he what he'd achieved at the club so far. Um, and it was good to see him speaking to Will Hughes as well. And I know BT Sport played a little clip. Um, of him speaking to Will Hughes, I think it was before the game. And, um, and yeah, he obviously still has that emotional connection with the club. And, and you could tell that from the way that he was speaking about the club, that he, that he wants us to do well, he wants us to get back to the Premier League. And he also said he had some unfinished business there. So so yeah, as you say, really good to see Nigel back
0: and I wish him all the best for the future. Absolutely. And, you know, he, he was told he had a lot of messages from Watford fans which is it uh, was always nice to hear. You know, he'll always be King that the, the job he did when he came in was absolutely superb, and it won't be long, like you said, before he's snapped up and back in management. So I wish him all the best. Uh, but in terms of that, the game itself, that that was the game. Disappointed to be out of the cup, but we can cliche to say it, but we can focus on the league now. We are obviously in January as well, so the transfer window is still open. Being a little bit quiet on the. Coming in front, you know, I think we've been linked with, uh, well, I say we, Udinese have been linked with a couple of Preston players. I think is it Ben Davies and who's the other one? Uh, Ben Davies and Ben Pearson, I think, is the other chap. uh, Because they can approach... Players that are contract and they can sign a pre-contract settlement or whatever it's called, and obviously the, the plan would be Udinese bring them in and maybe send them over to Watford. Um, a lot of people say that it's wrong, you it shouldn't be allowed. But I'm I'm sorry, but if you've got if you the uh, if you've got the loophole, you use it. So we, we're not doing anything illegal. We're not doing anything out of out of character. So I, I think we do that. Another player that's been mentioned is Dembele from Peterborough as well. Um, nothing really solid on that I know he's putting a transfer request if you haven't already by the way go and have a look at Peterborough's owner's uh, reaction to him putting a transfer request in it is hilarious um, but on the out front obviously it's a transfer window it's a bit like when Troy Deeney gets linked away every transfer window we've now got another player that's going to be that case which is Ismail Assar and um, the Sun are reporting, and I think it's via Reluctant Nico and d Wright 75, that West Ham are ready to make a £30 million bid for Watford's Senegalese speed merchant, as they call him. Um, I wish he showed that when he, uh, when he plays, because he's still Finally, I find myself screaming at the TV, just running him every time. So, yeah, but £30 million, Ben, if West Ham come knocking, would you, would you accept that?
2: West Ham have got a little bit of money now, haven't they? After have sold Sebastian Haller to Ajax, haven't they? So they've got a bit of money to to spend this transfer window. Thirty million is getting close to the price mark. Um, I think if some if they up it five million to thirty five million, I think that's that's an offer maybe Watford might not be able to refuse. I think if we can get thirty five million and invest it into the squad, and I mean like we have to spend the money, we have to bring in. Maybe a couple of decent strikers and a central midfielder,
0: I, I, I'll, I'll be happy to, to let SAR go. So even if it was for 30 million, you, you wouldn't maybe hold out for more, or do you think? I, I, I would try and hold out for more. I'll try and hold out for 35. Yes. Um, yeah, I wouldn't
2: yeah. really want 30 million yet. Yeah. And James, 30 million?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with Ben, really. I think that. Yesterday was a good opportunity for him to kind of showcase what he was about. Obviously, he's been linked quite heavily with Man United as well. Um, in the summer yeah. transfer window, um, and quite recently actually. Um, but as as Ben said, West Ham have got a little bit of money now. Obviously, selling Sebastian Haller and um and Robert Snodgrass off to off to West Brom. Um, so yeah, it it was probably suiting down to the ground that move really. So uh, it's, it's mid table Premier League clubs. You know, not not really at risk of of going and down bats against the wall sometimes that he likes to play on the break um but I think lately he's just not looked motivated to play in a Watford shirt and as you say there's numerous times that that he can run at players when he when he just stops and cuts back him and yeah 30 to 35 million as you say if we we receive that offer you know I'd I'd look to take that money and and reinvest it into other areas of the squad that that we need to strengthen
0: yeah I, I mean I I'm of the opposite opinion. I'd be a bit annoyed if we sold him to West Ham. I mean, no disrespect to West Ham, but you don't want to be losing your best, well, one of your best assets to West Ham. He'd strengthen them massively, but I'd want to hold out for more than £30 million as well. People think I'm crazy for that, but I think the Potsos are very clear in their stance, unless they get the money that they're after. I'd much rather we sell him to a Manchester United where we know he'll go on to play in Europe, because... On his day, I think he's good enough too, but I don't know if I'd accept 30 million. Definitely not from West Ham as well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to about to get a load of abuse from West Ham fans in my mentions. So yeah, not the wisest move from me. But yeah, that, that's that's all we got time for for this week. Thanks as always for listening. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about hopefully a three points gains against Huddersfield, uh, we'll be joined by another special guest as well. We've got we've got a few special guests coming up on the show. Uh, as always, we'll we'll leave it till the sort of end of the week to to announce who it is. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be back with a special guest for the Huddersfield game, and hopefully, as I say, we can talk about three points and another jump in the table because we're sixth at the moment. Uh, so we need to start climbing that table again. But as always, from myself. Ben and James, thank you very, very much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. As we've said as well on Twitter, with this lockdown, it is very, very hard, very, very tough for more than one reason. If you find yourself struggling, please do DM us. The club have also launched two brilliant schemes as well. I think it's uh, Hornets at home. Go and check that out on the Watford website as well. The the stuff that they're offering is absolutely brilliant. So if you're struggling, reach out to anyone. Our DM's are always open. You know, just reach out that, that's all i can say on the matter uh, but yeah thank you very very much for listening we'll be back next week next sunday at the usual time of midday hopefully and jeff yeah, enjoy the rest of your week and take care guys
2: Podcast Network.